Hey, what's up, guys? This is the uh, Rock Pile Talk Pile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. Uh, my name is Jack, aka U slash Underbubble. I am filling in for Zach as the podcast introduction man. Um, his laptop exploded in thin air. Not really, but he is unable to record tonight, um, as is Jason. Um, so with me, we've got John. What's up, guys? John, J Foster 15. Yeah, great. So um, it's just John, uh, just John and I. And so we'll try to keep it a little bit short, but um, we kind of want to talk about game 163. I uh, want to touch on, um, obviously, the 13-inning wildcard thriller and then also the game that happened um, on Thursday night versus the Brewers. Yeah. You know, as we're recording this, it is now Thursday at around 8 p.m. So we've just watched the uh, first game of the NLDS. And um, if you had told me in August... Uh, of 2018 that DJ Johnson was pitching in game one of the NLDS, I would have said, who is that? And then I also would have said, why, well, why is he pitching in a playoff game? But he kind of demonstrated that tonight. I mean, a big strikeout for the third out in the, uh, I think it was the seventh inning. Yes. He looks great. That was a really nice curve. Oh yeah. His stuff is so nasty. He's got this great compliment of just the, the fastball and this curve that just dies. I mean, I can think of like two other Rockies that have a curve like that. Senzatella, who unfortunately, he, I mean, he had a great night tonight, but that curve was not there. And then obviously, uh, Herman Marquez also has a fantastic curve. Um, but he looked great. He looked great. Yeah. I, the pitching in general, I mean, Senzatella made a couple of bad pitches. Thankfully, uh, Ryan Braun ran himself into an out in that first inning. So he had a rough, not a rough first inning, but a mediocre first inning. And then the one bad pitch to Yelich, what, in inning three? Mm-hmm. And and then that was basically it. I mean, he pitched, I think, as most should have expected and hoped from him, five innings, two earned runs. Yeah. And then the bullpen came in and shut it down until the very end. And that's all you can ask for from the team with the best record in the National League. It, it still kind of blows my mind that they have the best record the National League and uh, that they got there with, you know, Yelich and Kane. But it's also kind of shocking. I mean, it felt like domination just because the Rockies weren't literally were not getting hits. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm looking at the box score. They had seven hits. I mean, that's not a lot for, you know, 10 innings. And it really didn't get dicey there until the end. But um, it really was In- just, um, you know, the walk of Kane. Or was it a walk or was it a single? It was a. It was. It's a walk. He was on first base. That's what I remember. Yeah. Uh, it was a walk. Yeah, it was a walk. And then um, a bad pitch to Yelich, which I don't even remember being that bad. It was a. I mean, it was a hanging changeup, but it was you know low and away. I mean, at this point, if he's hitting like what three something in the second half, any pitch in the strike zone to Yelich with runners on base is a bad pitch. I mean, that's that's kind of the problem. Yeah. Is. It's just difficult to pitch to the man right now. He's unconscious. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's something else. There's, there's, there's a point where I think, semi-jokingly, semi-not-jokingly, we want to walk Yelich every time he comes up to bat. But, uh, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst idea, would it? No. I mean, at this point, the problem is that Yelich can steal bags. I was thinking that tonight. I was like, oh, good. I mean, Yelich getting on base. Like, I know ESPN said this, and it's kind of a meme, but, like, that was almost a win for the Rockies. 
until you remember that Yelich steals bags, not only at, at like decent amount, but when he steals a bag, like like. Oh my god, I I lost my train of thought. But when he goes You're for good. the when he goes for the bag, he has a success rate of like eighty three percent. Like he's not gonna get thrown out. He's only stealing when he knows he can steal. And unfortunately the Rockies are one of the most stealable teams. I mean, Chris Ionet has thrown out what, like four base runners all year? That that Chris Ionet has might never been be good generous. Yeah. And you, Walters Walters has good pop time, not great arm. And also the problem with using relievers like Adam Adovino and um, what tends to be Wade Davis is that they're not very good at holding runners on. Both of them, I mean, especially Adovino, take like seven years to get to home plate. And so when you have Adam Adovino and he gets a leadoff walk, especially to Yelich, they're on second. They're base. on second base. And you just, I mean, what do you, I mean, even what if, do you do with Yelich? Yeah. You basically, uh, the Purple Dinosaur podcast said this. You basically have to hope that someone other than Christian Yelich doesn't hurt you because Yelich is going to hurt you, and it happened in Game One. Mm-hmm. He came up in at the end of the game too. He was the first base or the first batter that was in that inning, and there's, you can't avoid him. Yep, he was the um, he had two RBIs on the day, and uh, he was the winning run. Like yeah. This it was the Christian Yelich show. I mean, I saw someone say um, in our subreddit that um, if Christian Yelich isn't on the Brewers, they don't win this game. But like, also, I don't if, think they make the playoffs. He, he doesn't. They don't make the playoffs. I mean, he's been a yeah. seven and a half win player. Yeah, they they basically went out and added him and Lorenzo Cain, and those two made. Arguably the biggest difference of this 2018 season for a brand new team. They got a lot of help from within, like mostly yeah. in the bullpen department. Um, they had Freddie Peralta, who's had a pretty good year with them. I mean, we know him as the infamous guy that we were like, oh, this guy's going to get crushed. <laughs> it's his first career start. And he's at Coors. Oh, my God. And then he strikes out 13. In five, in five innings, innings and uh, five. Yeah. He faced like what? Like 19 batters and he struck out 13. Like. That's yeah, it was disgusting. Okay. Yeah, it was you just disgusting. sat there and you were just like seething at Jeff Breidich. But uh, they also got help from Josh Hader. He didn't admittedly come out of nowhere. He was a prospect with a certain amount of hype. But like that dude strikes out 16 guys in every 27 innings. Or, or what it's, is it? No, every 27 outs. So it's like, yeah. oh my He's God. He's disgusting. He's ridiculous. And, it's, and then they also got Jeremy Jeffress who came out of nowhere and decided he was going to be good now. So Well, he's been with them like two different times. They've traded him away at the deadline a couple times, and then he's come back. And now he's elite. He was literally like just some guy who's like, hi, I can give you five ERA ball consistently. And teams were like, okay, all right, we can do that. And, and we saw him, who, who was it that he struck out there? In the in that last inning, I mean that that pitch was just it was Trevor's Trevor story. And granted, Trevor did not have a great at bat, no. but that second pitch, it looked like a strike, and then it just fell Died. out of the strike zone. Yeah. And I know it looked like a bad swing from Trevor, and the sub was freaking out about it, and I understand that. But that pitch, Mike Trout would have swung at that pitch, and it would have looked just as ugly. Yeah, I don't know if Mike Trout swings at that pitch three times. Maybe in a no. Row. 
But no, he swings at that one, yeah. and then he doesn't swing again. And then you see him grimace, like, "Oh man, I shouldn't have done that." I mean, I feel bad for Trevor because he he is his improvement is one of the reasons that we are here. Like, yep. if anyone had in the books that he was going to turn into a five, maybe six win player, you're lying. Yes, you're absolutely lying because I thought three wins was maybe his three and a half was his ceiling. Yeah, it was, uh, and, and you felt like that was generous. Yeah. And he's just blossomed into this amazing player. And it sucks because he had such an amazing game in the wild card game. He, he was the best offensive producer. He was the winning run. He was uh, he went three for six. I don't think anyone else went better than two for six. I don't. In fact, I don't remember anyone else getting two hits. No, I don't think they did. I think maybe Para did, but maybe I don't. Was Para even get two at bats? I'm not sure. I I don't know. I know he came in as a defensive replacement for Matt Holiday in the sixth. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like I think that Trevor and David Dahl are both. You know, clearly still very young. David Dahl is younger than I am, and I'm 24, and Trevor Story is 25. And so, you know, with their not much playoff experience, and in the case of David Dahl, none at all. Um, you know, what at what point can you start expecting them to perform? Maybe the way that David Dahl did at the end of the season. Well, and I don't. I don't think that you can make sweeping generalizations. I mean, we all know baseball is a large sample size type of sport, and you and I are numbers people who look at larger sample sizes. One game playoff is going to get extrapolated just because the playoffs, it's going to be under the microscope. I really don't want to take anything. I mean, our offense has been bad for most of this year, so not surprising that it was bad again tonight. Yeah, shocker. Yeah, but we get to face Yuli Shasin tomorrow, mm-hmm. and... Ulysses has been fine this year. I'm not, not saying anything bad about him, but he's certainly not 2013 Ulysses. No. There's, yeah, there's the chance to get him. And we have Tyler Anderson on the mound, who depends on which Tyler you get, but if you get good Tyler, <laughs> I, I think you like your chances. Yeah, and I like this kind of Tyler that has been trying to do little fixes on video. You really saw it against the Washington Nationals um, on Sunday because they had a big chance to play spoiler. You know, they're coming off this huge route of us on Saturday. Granted, they didn't really have a, a reason to win, but like just playing they're spoiler play is just, I feel like as a baseball player, that has to be pretty hilarious. And so, you know, and it didn't look like they weren't trying. I mean, like, I was. It wasn't the Phillies. No, no, the Phillies. You were literally like, okay, I kind of get the Dodgers when they're like, yo, yeah. what the hell? But <laughs> Philly gave up. Yeah, Philly, Philly gave up, and we thank them for their uh, agreement. Your check is coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's yeah, it it didn't look like that. But you know, now that you're facing uh, the Brewers, Tyler Anderson's last start at the Brewers was. Um, in August at Miller Park. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I do remember he gave up five runs in the first, including a Travis shot, a left-hander, or uh, he gave up a grand slam to left-hander Travis Shaw. And um, that was... Ding Dong City. Yeah, that was his lowest game score of the year, even lower than his terrible, terrible outing against the Astros um, in uh, Minute oh, I forgot Park, about that which one. was also, you know, an absolute disaster, but... 
I think he only recorded one out in that Astros start. It was bad. Maybe he recorded more, but man, was it bad. Yeah, and also it's like quite literally the Houston Astros, but also Tyler Anderson has been hailed for his low exit velocity um, on his batted balls, and uh, I don't know if there was a batted ball that was recorded below 103 miles per hour. Like it, it was it was brutal. But the point is, you know, he's gotten better since that day. Um, he's had a weird September where you aren't really quite sure what Tyler Anderson you're getting, but after you see seven innings or near seven innings of shutout ball against uh, the third hottest offense in baseball um, in the second half, you know, you like to see that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm looking it up now as you're talking, but I'm trying to look at splits for some of the big bobbers for. Um, Milwaukee and uh, Christian Yelich basically has no split. He's one, let's see, what was it? He has a 162 weighted runs created plus versus lefties and a 168 versus righties. So, <laughs> how do you get him out? Uh, yeah, uh, Lorenzo Kane has a 166 weighted runs created plus versus lefties. So, that's not great. No, <laughs> um, yeah, they're. And it's the Dodgers or the uh, Brewers are here for a reason, and it's because of their bullpen and their offense. It's certainly not because of their starting pitching. So, well, yeah, there's a reason why they went with a bullpen game in Game One of the Divisional Series. It wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't on accident. Just like Oakland last night against the Yankees, it wasn't on accident that Oakland did a bullpen game. No, and so yeah, and. It's kind of unfair to compare like the A's bullpen versus the Yankees versus you know us versus the uh, Brewers True. bullpen. But the Brewers bullpen has been very hot. Like um, they had an infographic on, and it was their September ERA was somewhere near two. It was like two point oh three, two point oh eight. I remember just thinking like, dude, this is either going to work incredibly, like someone, you thought someone was going to blow up. I was for sure it was going to be someone like Corbin Burns, who was 23. Like, you're standing up there on the jitters, and he struck out like three, and you're just like, oh my god, classic Rockies. I thought we were going to get to Woodruff right away, because, I mean, granted, it's small sample size. He's pitched twice against us and looked bad both times. And he didn't look tremendous the first inning, but that second and third inning, he looked really good i was excited for him to come out like you i was excited for burns to come in thinking maybe this was going to be too big for him and he just shoved yeah and then once once they got into the hater we got on we got jeffries which i don't know if that'll happen again this series that might be our one chance to get jeffries well he hadn't pitched um since mid-september and so you knew coming in that he was either going to be like super fresh and just absolutely crush us, like he crushed Story. You thought there were going to be three of those at bats. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that wasn't the case. You know, Charlie Blackman was what, an inch from tying up the game right there? Oh, God. And then yes. if that had happened, instead of that single, then you get whoever was coming up after him. I, I forget who. DJ. Yeah. DJ. Well, and, and then you you have a chance to actually get out of that inning three to two, and it sucks because it's a it's a game of inches. There were a ton of close plays. There was that overthrow by Story, 
where he, you know, swipe tagged Arcia and like you watch the replay and you're like, oh, I don't know, man. I think he's safe. I'm pretty sure he was safe. I'm pretty sure. And he was then MLB replays was like, you know what? We've given you guys a lot of crap this year. Here, here's one, <laughs> which was nice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was safe, but I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, and and you don't you don't question that. And the best part, honestly, about today, you know, all things considered, about that bullpen, is that they used all I, literally all of their plus size guys plus size plus side guys um you know you got what an inning and two-thirds out of josh Hader. you got an inning out of jeffress um you got an inning out of knable um a bunch out of woodruff corbin burns who's been fantastic for them i can't think of like uh another pitcher maybe freddie peralta but also Pretty. that dude is literally 22 like if there's anyone i actually expect to maybe blow up it's a guy who has a history of walking a ton of dudes the brewers fans on the baseball sub basically said that he's ticketed for game three in colorado so we yeah (laughs) so that's cool i guess speaking of game three do do you pitch freeland regardless of result because him and marquez are going to be rested regularly do you pick Freeland regardless of result, or if you go back one one, do you pick Marquez, or Galaxy Brain? Do you go Marquez tomorrow because you feel like it? I don't think that. Um, happens, but personally, like there was this article um, that I actually think you might have shared with uh, the subreddit that talked about um, different pitchers on short rest and how mm-hmm. basically it's a gamble. Like sometimes yes. they're amazing, sometimes they're terrible. More times often than not, by a slim margin, it doesn't work out. It all depends on the type of pitcher. Um, they didn't really draw any conclusions about power pitching, but in my head, Kyle, a lot of his success doesn't come from his stuff. He's not overwhelming. He has deceptive um, kind of mechanics. I know he messes with his timing sometimes by holding his leg longer in the air. He tends to do that. Marquez is all power. If he doesn't, if he's on short rest and he doesn't have the ability to throw 98 or 99. I don't know if With he punches guys ball. out at the same rate that he has been. So I don't know, Agreed. just kind of based on you know anecdotal stuff like that, if Marquez is going to be as successful as Kyle Freeland was on short rest. So I don't know if you take that risk. Um, I wouldn't. You said you you wouldn't. I would yeah, not. I would I'd pick. I would not. I'd, I'd go tell the to him. I and sorry, go ahead. No, I think if you're down 2-0 and you're going back to Colorado. I feel like you have to pitch Kyle Freeland because I don't think you can get swept in the first round of the playoffs without ever pitching the guy who's been your best pitcher all year long. I know I know Marquez has been better this second half, but Kyle's been good literally all year long. All year long. I don't know if you I don't know if you can be swept out of the it it would be just like Buckshaw Walter not using Zach Britton in that wildcard game. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, last night in the AL wildcard game uh, he gave up exactly. the only two earned runs. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. was Buck wrong? Who knows? Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that you pitch Kyle Freeland in Game Three regardless, um, just because you definitely like cannot get swept. He has a ridiculous ERA at Coors. It's somewhere in the mid twos. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's somewhere around two forty. Um, it it really like does not really matter who they throw up against them. If it's Freddie Peralta, it's Freddie Peralta. Um, but Kyle is so ridiculously good 
and the guys rally around him. I'm not a big guy for the clubhousey, you know, <laughs> on you know yeah, intangibles <laughs> that kind of thing. But like, I think Kyle Freeland literally does make everyone around him a better player. I mean, there's a Agreed. reason that he's been able to sustain a lower batted balls in play, and it's not because of um, you know him inhibiting hard contact. Um, I I literally think it's because people might just be a little more in tune. And I know that sounds old school and very Tracy Ringlesby, but like, it's I don't know, man. There's something I'm about how they they literally say he's our best guy. Every time he comes out, we know we're gonna win. And so there's Damn. something about that that I feel like amps you up to go the extra mile. I don't know. Totally agree. I think you have to go him game three, especially if you're down 2-0. Especially if you're down 2-0. And I think of it this way. If we lose that game and we do get swept, you'd rather lose it with Kyle on the mound and saying, we threw our best guy out there. It just happened. Not to mention, we'd probably win that game with Kyle. We'd probably win and, that game. Yeah. And then you get game four of Marquez. And you probably win that one. Mm-hmm. And so then you go back. You go back. You go to game five, and everybody's on deck. Everybody's available. I would not be surprised if whoever we start in game one, if it's Sensatella, or game five, if it's Sensatella, and he is shaky in the second inning, if Bud doesn't call on Kyle to come in in relief and pitch out of that tough spot, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. No. Definitely. And Marquez, like, there was a, a lot of concern. I remember people were talking about, like, who do you start in the wildcard game? People were like, on the road, it's Marquez. At home, it's Freeland. But Marquez has been sneaky good in the second half at Coors. He holds a 314 BABIP at Coors and yet still has an ERA of just over two at Coors Field in the second half just because of the amount of guys he strikes out. And, and it's it, disgusting. Yeah, he's been, like, gross in the second half. Clearly the ace. I mean... You look at, I, I, would, I don't want to say clearly the ace because Kyle Freeland is probably clearly the ace. That was a hot take. I'm going to risk <laughs> After that. we just we talked have, about we have, two, we, I, we have two aces. That's a hot take. We have the right-handed ace and the left-handed ace, kind of like the Dodgers. Um, yes. But Herman Marquez is the guy that you throw out there when, you know, you've already used Kyle and you know you need that second win. And you don't need to save him for game five in Milwaukee because he's good at Coors now. I mean, he sucked at the beginning of the year. <laughs> like he was just, I remember that Atlanta, that opening oh, day in oh Atlanta God. and you were just watching Marquez and he just looked like a ghost out there. And he's such a competitor that it's like, see watching him throw stuff down the middle when, you know, he's clearly trying to pitch his butt off and he's throwing 98, just felt so reminiscent of, honestly, what a John Gray start in a big spot looks like. And now you've yeah. seen him really settle down. I mean, that Dodgers, the, the game won 63, I thought his start, and this is also a hot take, um, was better than Walker Buehler's. I think... It was not a hot take. Walker Buehler did not pitch well that, that day. And Jake Shapiro, I love you. Great podcast. You kept saying Walker Buehler pitched well that day, no, and he didn't. He didn't. He did not pitch well. He was all over the place. He had three strikeouts, three walks. Like, when Walker Buehler is on, he is not Walker Buehler. He's strikeout Buehler. He's striking out 11 guys. That was terrible. 11 guys. <laughs> that was great. I 11 guys that. in an inning. He's striking. Oh, my God. 11 guys in an inning. 11 guys per nine innings. I've messed up the way I say that like twice believe, on the podcast. I believe it. Um, yeah, seriously. You just... You see Ian Desmond go up to the plate to Walker Buehler. You're like, all right, just 
Just wave Kids at three. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to even see you ground out to the shortstop. I, it's not worth my time. And he, and he when he was pitching, he was like, you look at, you know, Grandal set up low and in. And his spot will be like outside and high, like five inches outside. You'll watch Ian Desmond swing right through it. And you're just like, this is not Walker Bueller pitching well. This is no. Walker Bueller taking advantage of one of the league's worst offenses that somehow has snuck into the playoffs thanks to Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there was a there was a Brewers fan that came into the game thread when the game thread was kind of new and just said, hey, I just want to know what you guys are most confident in, what your lead's confident in. And right away, I was like, Kyle Freeland and Marquez and our offense outside of Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado. That's the the two most comfortable things. Like like we just talked about a few minutes ago, we probably win Kyle Freeland's start and we probably win Herman Marquez's start. And there's Zips backs that up. I looked at it today. The most likely outcome, it's got a 21.5% chance is Brewers in five, which basically says you win your Marquez and Freeland start and then the Brewers win the other three. The second most likely was Rockies in four, which is 20% which basically says you're going to steal one in Milwaukee and then you'll win the K-Free and Marquez start. And even Zips says so overwhelmingly that we'll win those two games, that the two most likely outcomes are five games Brewers, four games Rockies. And honestly, I believe that. Like when you, the thing is, if you don't steal the game tomorrow, that's when you're in trouble. Because Mm -hmm. I... That's why game five Brewers is the most likely outcome. Yeah. And like when, because when you're looking at the bullpen, I mean... They torched it today. Like, tomorrow's going to be brutal if we catch on to Ulysses Chassin at all. And matchups, like, do not matter in the playoffs. Like, when you when you look at what um, uh, Chassin's career against the Rockies is, hold on, I'm pulling it up real quick, he has a 3.32 ERA in four starts. Like, is that good? Hell yeah. But, like, some of those I can clearly remember were in Petco Park where we score exactly one run in a series. And so it's it's not <laughs> fair to make that comparison. But when, you know, you've got Chassin with a raucous crowd and you've got, you know, old friends like Carlos Gonzalez and you've got even more adrenaline because you're pitching to people that you've known for many years. And, there's and just, he's still not yeah. exactly happy with the organization. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you look at Blake Trinan from last night. He gave up three earned runs. He had not given up three earned runs in a month in any other month this year and gave up three in one start in October. So everything goes out the window from what you've ever known in the playoffs. I mean, the only thing that hasn't really left um, is that the Rockies offense sucks. And you have been shown that in Wrigley and you've been shown that in Miller and you really... You really don't want to quote Jeff Breidich here because he has been insanely wrong about this offense. But the water will find its level in terms of the Rockies are going to score three or four runs at some point. And that's not a lot to ask for, I, I feel like. But it's definitely a lot to ask for when you know, you're know you on the road. And I don't know. If, you can, if Tyler can go out there and have the same start as Senzatella or better, you really have a chance to win that game tomorrow because Hayter, if he comes in, he's going to be tired. He's probably maybe going to throw mile per hour less or something. And that might be all you need because he's a power pitcher. He misses his spots a lot. What? And it wasn't too long ago that Hayter gave up three runs in one inning to Chicago. Exactly. 
And <laughs> he blew up in the All Star game. Like I, I don't know. There's just a there's a lot of examples where when Hater goes wrong, he goes wrong. And having him pitch yeah. after he pitched almost two innings tonight, um, you know, the Rockies might be able to take advantage of that, especially because he's a left-hander. I mean, he's literally Josh Hader, but the Rockies are the 29th in the league versus right-handed pitching, and they're the 13th in the league versus left-handed pitching. So I would literally take Josh Hader over a Corey Knable any day, as in a matchup, oh, yeah. one-on-one versus yes. the Rockies. Not to mention, Knable's curveball, when it's working like we saw tonight. Jesus. It, uh, it's, it's, everybody, I don't remember who he struck out, but everybody in the sub was freaking out about what a bad swing it was. And I'm like, look, that's such a disgusting yeah. pitch. It doesn't matter. And it sucks because, like, I, I play softball, and so I don't know what a good pitch looks like. <laughs> but I can we get, look at we get Pitching Ninja. Uh, I don't know if the whoever our listeners are tonight um, are familiar with Pitching Ninja, but he's this guy on Twitter that posts just the nastiest pitches of you know the previous day or whatever. And great follow on yeah, Twitter, a you fantastic follow on Twitter. I highly recommend it. But he um, he posted um, this. Uh, I think it was a GIF of what was it a Scott Oberg slider or something and it looks like it's going to be middle of the freaking plate belt high and you can see Terrence Gore be like oh man I'm going to be the hero I'm literally like all Terrence Gore had to do was take that that pitch Scott Oberg had no plan to put that in the strike zone I don't know why because you could probably just throw him a high high fastball and strike him out but <laughs> it'd be fine yeah, yeah but it looked like it was going to be middle middle and then it dies it just veers off southwest and you just see him swing at this thing like an idiot and the Cubs are like why didn't he take and it's like how could you if you it's- see that coming middle middle and you're in a playoff game and you have the chance to be the walk off winner. I guess he wasn't going to be the walk-off winner, but he knows if he gets on base, oh brother, he's going to score. He's going to score. He knows that he'll be he'll be the second before Ottavino throws the first pitch, and so he swings. And it's just like at that point, you're just like, how in the world do you do that? How in the world when do I get you not swing at that? When I get that the we're, the sub is Rockies fans, so they see that as Oberg pitching a nasty pitch, and then it's a it's a bad swing by our guy. But it's just that's the thing about playoff baseball is. You're going to get these guys like Knable, like Oberg, like Hader, like Ottavino, not necessarily tonight, but you're going to get some disgusting pitches and you're going to get dudes on offense looking absolutely silly. And it's going to happen in this Dodgers Braves game. I'm sure it's happened. I haven't watched much of it, but I'm sure it'll happen in here. Oh, yeah. It it just happens. Mm -hmm. This pitching is disgusting right now. I don't know if you saw that if you guys uh, looked at Jeff Pass on Yahoo.com, he talked about how there's no like MLB All-Pro team like there is for NFL and NBA. So he put together one with a bunch of GMs and scouts and stuff. And I'm looking at this list, and I'm looking where Herman Marquez is, and I see Kyle Freeland on there on the second team, and I'm looking through all these starters, and I'm like, I can't argue with any of these starters. They're all disgusting. And you look at the relievers, and you go down, I'm like, ah, oh, I wonder where Scott Oberg is on here, if he even made it. And I'm looking through, I'm like, oh man, all these relievers are disgusting. Scott Oberg is incredible. Don't get me wrong, but like, there's just the the level of pitching goes so far beyond that in the MLB. Like, you just look at. I was watching the Yankees game last night, and Aroldis Chapman doesn't know where the ball is going when it leaves his hand. But does it matter? Because if he throws a hundred, a hundred three anywhere near the strike zone, 
He's got 103 with tail. How are you going to hit that? And the tail is like not consistent. Like it's not like, you know, an Adovino fastball where it's always coming in towards the right-handed batter. It just goes wherever it darn well pleases. And it's just like, at what point are you just swinging in the general vicinity of where the fastball is going and hoping to God you make contact? You, on a pitch that fast, you have a split second to make your decision if you're going to swing, where that swing is going to be. If you're a leg kick guy, like a Justin Turner, you have to have an abbreviated leg kick all Mm -hmm. of a sudden because you know that pitch is coming. And if he throws his slider, it's like, it's what, 92 on the slider, which is a ridiculous speed. Aroldis Chapman throws 100 and he throws an 85 mile per hour slider. It's disgusting. The the difference of those speeds. absolutely disgusting so everybody listening please if you see a disgusting pitch and your guy strikes out appreciate that disgusting pitch because you do when Otto throws it yeah and it's it's not their fault I mean sometimes when you watch Ian Desmond what was it it was versus Pedro Strope and he throws a hanging like it is the worst slider I have ever seen the sloppiest most cement mixeriest most worthless ass slider that lands belt high middle of the plate and Ian Desmond takes it and then you're just like okay are you an MLB hitter but there's sometimes where like Trevor oh my god oh, I forgot even what at bat this was but there was a an at bat where Trevor Story is down 0-2 and like Trevor Story isn't the worst two strike hitter but like he will be he's happy to strike out and so yes. it, it, granted not as bad as last year but I remember I saw the pitch leave his hand and I was like he's going to strike out here there is no way and on the way to the plate you knew it was over and it just dies and Trevor Story waves at it and you're just like you gotta hit oh it's Craig Stammon it was some Craig Stammon slider or curveball (laughs) that's that's all that's all I gotta say about disgusting pitches I want everybody to recognize it's not always the hitter. Yeah. The hitter's overmatched in this game. There's a reason why old school baseball thought three times out of ten was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and speaking of disgusting pitching, your pitching matchups for the week, it would be Julius Chassin tomorrow versus Tyler Anderson on game three. They haven't announced it, but uh, they, uh, Nick Groke has kind of speculated that it's going to be Freeland or Marquez, depending on which name Bud Black draws out of the hat. And then on Friday, it will more than likely go back to, um, uh, what's, oh my gosh, uh, Sensatella. I mean, it's pending yeah. a, a good Tyler Anderson start. Um, that's what your playoff rotation is going to look like. The Brewers have only slated Julie Chassin. Chase Anderson, one of their starters uh, for the year who threw 160 innings, is not even on the playoff roster. Um, it's hard to tell what they're going to do. Uh, Gio Gonzalez might pitch, but... Um, in an interview, um, Council has said that they're open to completely rewriting what starter and reliever means. So Gio Gonzalez might even be a left-handed one-out guy to David Dahl. So we don't know what... I'm, I'm not even kidding. That's like what I'm saying. And so it's it's crazy to think Gio Gonzalez, left-handed out guy. But um, he... Uh, you're not going to know what you're going to get. And after them torching all of their good names in this one thing, you feel pretty good about tomorrow especially with a kind of it was going to be a crushing loss like you're going to feel like holy crap how are we going to score literally a single run but with that tying in the ninth you got another piece out of Joaquin Soraya and you know you had to burn Adovino a little bit but 
you're feeling pretty good for tomorrow. The momentum, regardless of what happened in that walk-off, um, you know, you're, you're thinking, okay, we have a fighting chance. Tyler can do exactly what Sanzatella did or even come in halfway towards his start on the Nats. You have a chance to seal that game, and then you have a chance to test a full Milwaukee bullpen at Coors. Because at Coors, you have no idea what these guys are going to do, especially if they're not comfortable with their best pitch. Canable, in a playoff game yeah. at Coors, he relies heavily on breaking pitches. It's his best pitch. You don't know if he's going to feel comfortable using it in every count. So it's it's that sort of thing where you're just like, man, if you throw a Freeland Marquez out there, you're probably going to the NLCS if you win tomorrow. Yeah. I think the rally at the end of the game there, that changed a lot of people's perspective on it. Because 2-0 with, what, probably two hits? Because we got the hits with the Holiday pinch hit, Para pinch hit. So I think if we go down 2-0, or if we lose that game 2-0 with only the two hits, maybe we're singing a different tune. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at it, you just got to steal one in Milwaukee, and then we get Marquez and Freeland back home in Coors. I, you just need the one in Milwaukee. Just need the and one. I feel like and I, I'm notoriously pessimistic about this team's chances to do anything well once it comes to when it matters. And even I'm sitting here thinking, if you just steal one in Milwaukee, give me Freeland and Marquez at home, and I feel like we're in the championship series. Yeah. What are your predictions? I know I know Zach has unfortunately uh, had a laptop die, so he's not with us. Um, what are your predictions? Yeah, if you guys hadn't noticed that. Yeah, yeah, it has not been Zach talking. Um, what do you think is going to happen? Like, in, in your right. heart of hearts. In my heart of hearts, seven innings, three in ru- or four in runs from Tyler. Three of them earned. We'll have one, like, weird defensive play because that seems to be happening recently. Seriously. So seven and four. Um, I believe we'll be tied going into extra innings again, and then anything happens from there. I honestly believe we win tomorrow as long as Tyler doesn't explode. I'm, if even like you've said, if we get five and two like we got from Sensatella today, I think we win. Yeah. If and I, I like I said, I think you get seven four. It goes to extras again. Find a way to win. And I'm taking us Marquez and Kay, whoever, whichever one, K-Free or Marquez starts game three, we win. Whichever one starts game four, we win. I think we're in the championship series this time on Monday. Tuesday? Monday. Monday's the game. Monday Monday right? is game four. And yes, then, so Monday. Yeah, on Monday, I think we're there. Um, I'm going to yep. agree with you. I think that there is a pretty good chance you take tomorrow, especially with the kind of state of the Milwaukee bullpen having burned multiple innings on, you know, a few other good guys. Um, and I, you know, if you can get what Tyler got and you can get kind of, man, I hate to say this, but like, I feel like five runs wins the game tomorrow. If, if yeah. you can get five runs out of the boys tomorrow on a fractured Milwaukee bullpen and a non battle tested, Julie Chassin, who has had a great month but has been buoyed by a ridiculously low Babbitt. Um, I had that. As he's one to do. I had that pulled up. Um, oh, that is his career splits. Um, oh, he's lying to you guys. He did not have it pulled up, guys. I, I, I did not. I, I had his uh, BBRF page pulled up, but not quite all the way. Uh, September, yeah. Um, 
it just hasn't been a great it's been a fantastic September for him in terms of this year like 3.38 ERA um, but he has also not really given up that many hits so you gotta mm-hmm. wonder if that's gonna give like 17 hits 29 innings pitch I don't know He's not really much of a striker. No, and, and I feel like with your, you know, your Babbitt, you're probably gonna give up more than that. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. One seventy six Babbitt. I'm sorry, but That's, that is <laughs> unsustainably low. He is not that kind of pitcher. Um, so I think that you know maybe with a little bit of jitters, um, game two. I think you take. I think you take game three and four. I don't think that's much of a question. If you can, it's really just game two. Yeah. Game two is the question because game three and game four. With Freeland and Marquez, yeah. I, I'm not saying we can't lose those games, but it's it's going to take a, a lot more from Milwaukee offensively to do that. Yeah, and this is all small sample size, but um, obviously because you've only seen Marquez and Freeland in playoff like games once, you saw Marquez <laughs> in um, game 163, and he didn't pitch that bad. No, did not pitch badly at all. In fact, the pitch that he gave Max Muncy. Um, Let's see, his earned runs, he had a walk, and then he grooved one to Cody Bollinger. Like, it was center cut, and you're just like, yep. Well, that was the that was the one that that Tony dropped. No, that was the, the next strikeout one. Up. That was the next one with right. Max Muncy. That was the one you felt oh, really that was the Muncy one. Because uh, Grundahl probably ended that inning um, by striking out, yeah. but there was a cross-up, and Tony Walters did the thing, and, you know, not very good. And, and then Max Muncy hits a pitch, 99 on the black and he puts it out into you know left field and you're like okay all right i get it what the hell Max yeah Munzee? like you're just like you just gotta you literally just have to tip your cap like that's a good pitch that was well executed and the dodgers are a good home running team you just gotta be like all right that is a thing that you can do and uh congratulations but marquez Jesus also Max struck Munzee. out nine guys in like five innings it's like oh yeah. my god and he walked like two it's like it, it was a fantastic outing no matter what. And yes, he outpitched Bueller, and that's to all you Dodgers Brigaders. Um, <laughs> and I think we'll see the same from him at Coors. You're going to have everyone coming out, including uh, all of your mods. Please check the game, uh, the mega thread we have up. If you do not have tickets, we would love to see you guys there. Um, it's going to need to be loud because there are four gajillion Wisconsinites in this state, um, and <laughs> they're going to be there as well. So. Uh, you got to do that. I think if you take game two, you probably take game three, game four. You're probably going to face the Dodgers in the NLCS, and then God help you. Because the Braves are currently down 5-0. 5 nothing. And I'm watching they right look now. like garbage. They are swinging. Yeah. They, they, it's just, I mean, they're all like 22. Like the average Atlanta Brave is like 21. It's, they're, yeah. they're not going to go very far, and their pitchers are too young. They've got one more year until they're competitive, and the Dodgers are going to see us again in the NLCS. And um, God help us all. God help us. Um, that's my <laughs> prediction. Don't lose game two because then you have to play game five. Yeah, game five is going to suck. Game five is going to suck because it's Senza versus the world again. Yeah, versus literally every Brewers yeah. pitcher that's ever existed. Yes. Might even see Bert Saberhagen in that game. Who knows? Yeah. And I think that might be a wrap. Um, That's it. First podcast without Zach, man. even though Zach made an appearance. Yeah, Zach's the only one who's been on every single one of these podcasts. So he, this is awkward yeah, he, that we have to finish without him. I hope he'll send me the yeah. audio. 
Um, <laughs> because otherwise it's going to have a lot of awkward It's going to sound here. weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you guys so much uh, for being so great during the playoffs. I know we've had a lot of uh, visiting fans, um, good and bad. Um, and more good than more, bad. More the good, bad boys yeah, just get the more, more publicity. Um, so thank you for being, you know, patient um, with them as we, you know, try to remove those. Uh, comments um, that except for one guy who we will re- who will re- remain nameless, but he seems to be writing himself now. Yes, um, there was there was one guy who was like, "Why did I get banned?" And we were like, "All right, you're fine. You seem <laughs> yes. you seem genuinely remorseful." <laughs> he was super nice, and I had drank a lot of beer at that point. Yeah, <laughs> and I was super nervous for the game. It was yeah, he seemed okay. And and yeah, so uh, as a reminder, please report people because people are. Um, mean and we need to know about them because um you know it's a space for rockies fans to celebrate the rockies you know we don't need dodgers fans coming in i don't really want to pick on the dodgers um i'll use an example we don't need Rays fans coming in and being like (laughs) like snell's gonna win the al cy young like that's that's not this isn't your space go to our baseball um so thank you guys you know once again um zach any final words did i say no i think he's good <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. Uh, game two is important tomorrow. Obviously, we all know that without saying it. But it's, I think that's if we win game two, more than ninety percent sure we win the series. Ninety percent sure we win the series. Stay hopeful, Rockies fans. Um, we'll catch you probably next week after the uh, NLC uh, NL, uh, NLCS. Wow, I'm getting ahead of myself. NLDS. Um, hopefully, with a very happy <laughs> podcast. Um, Maybe we'll all podcast in person slightly drunk after game four. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I had a That's not going to happen. Because uh, I wasn't going to watch the game without them. Yes. All right. See you guys. See you guys.